Coming up on today's show, we're talking about books next and Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It's next-gen launch week, and that Mass Effect remaster is really real. What's good, everybody? And welcome to another episode of What's Good Games Live here at twitch.tv slash what's good games every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific time for your video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. And we have special guest Kayla Joette is here. Hello, I'm here. Yay. Yay. Welcome to the show. We're so glad we finally got, we were able to have you. We know we had you for a uh, watch along, which feels like ancient history. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, <laughs> so long ago. Um, but glad to have you on the Monday show. Uh, mm -hmm. For everybody who does not know, Kayla is from a website called Uppercut. She is the PR coordinator. And could you tell us a little bit about who Uppercut is? Sure. Yeah. So we are a um, games media outlet and we focus um, primarily on just like diverse criticism in the industry and just uplifting like marginalized voices. And um, that's just really like what we're all about um, earlier in the year. You may have heard about us uh, because we had the EGM fund. So when EGM kind of shut down, they had a whole bunch of writers who were supposed to have pieces go out throughout the year that they just were kind of like, nope, it's not happening anymore. So we wanted to do something small and we were just like, hey, we're just trying to raise $400 and have like two or three people who had their pitches go away, come on our show or not our show, our, our website and post their their articles so it wouldn't go to waste. And it ended up getting so much traction that we, I think we got to have like 40 pieces from EGM that got dropped, like come on our, our outlet, which is really cool. So, um, wow. that's us at uppercut. Um, but yeah, that's what we do. We just, uh, talk about criticism and games and it's pretty cool. That is pretty that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It was a really amazing way to see the community come together to support small voices in the video game media landscape really looking to get those pieces out there. So I thought what you guys did to organize that was really fantastic. So um, thank you for that. And thank you, Kayla, for also being part of the What's Good Guardians, <laughs> Destiny Buddy. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. Tomorrow's tomorrow's such a big day. I'm so ready. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, speaking of tomorrow, that leads into our announcements for today. Oh, Kayla is pixelating. Uh, oh, um, yeah, girl. Hopefully, hopefully her computer connection will. will oh, there we go. There she's we go. back now. Um, I will be streaming at 9 a.m. Pacific time starting tomorrow when the Destiny 2 servers go online for Beyond Light. I'm very excited for that big drop. Plus, I'm also going to be streaming on Thursday beginning at noon p.m. Pacific time on PS5. I'm going to be checking out Godfall. I'm going to be checking out some more Bug Snacks. Mm. I'm probably going to be checking out some Spider-Man. It's going to be a great uh, PS5 launch day. And I'm also going to be having a featured spot on Twitch Gaming, which is fun. And then, as we mentioned in last week's show, Alana Pierce is going to be joining us for Friday's episode. So hopefully you guys will uh, stick around for all that cool stuff. Britt, how was your weekend? What did you play this weekend? Let me guess. <laughs> take a guess, Andrew. Just take a wild guess. <laughs> Just do it. Throw it out there. Was it husbando time? Oh, so many husbandos. That game is just full of daddies. Uh, I'm talking about Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yeah, I thought I was I thought I was nearing the end of that game. And it kind of pulled a T Lu too, where you're like, oh no. You thought you were coming near the end, and you're not. So now I'm faced with this position of, I think I need to 
play other games <laughs> while also juggling Yakuza like a dragon. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, this game clearly has no intention of stopping anytime soon. So I have to check out some of these other games that we're going to be talking about in the news today, Andrea. Oh, yes. Ooh. So why don't we go ahead and jump right into the news? If you were on social media at all this morning, you probably noticed that two major review embargoes were lifted for two wildly different games. <laughs> uh, Bug Snacks coming to PS5 and recently announced as a new addition for PlayStation Plus when it does go live, um, had their review embargo lift this morning, as did the review embargo for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So last Friday, I did a little bit of streaming right here on our Twitch channel for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I showed you guys about two hours of one of the sections, more open world stuff, because I didn't want to get into any narrative spoilery stuff. But now... We're seeing a lot of the reviews go into quite detail. And I already saw somebody posted the ending what? video on YouTube. No, why? Why? <laughs> why? Why? Why do people do that? I don't know. Is that even allowed in after embargo? Like, like No, it's no. technically not. It's against the review guide <laughs> rules, but it doesn't matter. There's always going to be that person on the right. internet. So just be wary, friends. There are spoilers out there. So if you want to utilize tags or, or um, mute mutes and all that but of course none of our conversations will have any spoilers mostly because i haven't gotten to the end of the game oh the yeah. game is giant <laughs> as if people weren't prepared for that but Brittany, you want to run down some of these review scores for assassin's creed valhalla absolutely so these are all from metacritic so assassin's creed valhalla is currently sco scoring an 82 on ps4 an 82 on xbox one an 85 on xbox series x and an 85 on pc there were no scores for playstation 5 so i'm assuming that ps5 codes weren't distributed for review just a, just an assumption there i was playing on series x okay you were as well so these reviews are, I mean, they look great. I was comparing them to Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Assassin's Creed Origins. Obviously, Odyssey released in 2018 and Origins was in 2017. And it looks like they're more or less on par, maybe a little less. Uh, the scores are a little lower from Odyssey, but definitely higher than Origins. So from what you've played, Andrea, does that sound about right? Yes, absolutely. I think that there's some really amazing things that they've done and improved in Valhalla, but there's a couple drawbacks as well. Um, I noticed that a lot of the reviewers were mentioning the bugs that are in the game. There have been a plethora uh. of bugs. Now, they pushed a patch during the review process, which was great, but the problem was that it didn't fix all of the bugs. There's still quite a few. And now... I haven't come across any game-breaking bugs, which is great. It's mostly just, you know, quality of life things, a little bit of clipping here and there, some really funny animations, uh -oh. falling through <laughs> sections of the world, you know, stuff that you see typically in open world games that I think they're going to refine um, over time. I didn't come across, again, anything that was a major deterrent, more of like mild annoyances. But as you can see here in this gameplay footage from Ubisoft, the game is just gorgeous the lighting effects the animations the you know all of the n nature that you kind of run through i mean it's all just really great i mean assassin's creed has long been the butt of many jokes when it comes to facial animations mm -hmm. and in the open world some of the npcs still look a little rough chuckles but <laughs> in the cutscenes, they look like way way better than we've seen before uh, which i think is great but I don't really come to an Assassin's Creed game looking for best-in-class animation. I come to Assassin's Creed for gameplay and for exploration. And I really do like some of the RPG elements that they leaned in. Um, I don't want to go too hard into my full impressions of Assassin's Creed just yet. I'm going to save that for the Friday show. Um, but 
the game is looking great. And if you liked Origins and Odyssey, you're definitely going to have a blast in Valhalla. Uh, yeah, I'm actually, I'm excited to play this. And that I know chat and people listening probably like, well, duh, of course you are. But, like, but Assassin's Creed in the past has just never really hooked me. But something about this one, I'm just like, oh, yeah, give me my epic braid. I'm going to go in there and slice some heads <laughs> off and have some wolf dogs. Kayla, are you I a fan of wolves. Assassin's Creed? Oh, I am. Yeah, I I love Assassin's Creed. I like never finished Odyssey, sadly, but the game was just so big um, that I just I I would get really deep into it. And then I just kind of slowly fall off. So I'm still never finished Odyssey. Um, But but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this. Um, We are reviewing it, reviewing it for Uppercut um, and our um, one of our editors, Andrew, basically said the same thing as Andrea. There's been some bugs, some like pretty pretty not game breaking but pretty uh heavy bugs happening so he is actually waiting until the update for ps5 but uh but yeah i'm very excited to play this game um, speaking of bugs <laughs> the embargo ah, i like your segue there Brent. thank you i was hoping someone would mention bugs again so i could play off of it and you did kaylee you did not disappoint well you can you. catch fireflies in the game, which oh. is a weird thing that you can do, and then you can like release them in your settlement, so they can like fly around and have this cool lighting effect in your settlement, which is like a nice weird thing. But yeah, bugs, bugs. The review embargo for Bugs Next is lifted, and it's currently scoring a seventy nine on PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five. Andrea, I know you started playing this, but from what I've heard so far, and I have a code and I plan on playing it as well, is it just seems like it's a really cute, feel-good, quirky little game with apparently a bizarre ending, which I can't wait to find out what that is, but I know a lot of folks are talking about that. Yeah, so this game is weird, right? So it's from Young Horses, the team behind Octodad, another like cute but very weird game. And what I've loved so far about my time with Bug Snacks is just like the cute little touches. So this is a PlayStation 5 game, and they utilize the DualSense controller, which I gushed about on Friday's show. Like, for example, whenever you catch a new Bug Snack, it like says its name through the microphone inside the controller. Ah. So it's like strawby or frider or whatever the bug is that you catch. That's really like cute. And, and all of these characters that you're seeing on screen here are just, they all have these weird, quirky personalities. The voice acting is done so well. There's just such a kookiness to it that you kind of can't help but smile at when you play. Is this going to, you know, break down barriers for gaming innovation? I mean, no, but, but who cares? Um, I just like how they just took this kind of really whimsical idea and set it against this backdrop of just like weirdness, for lack of a better word, where when you eat part of the snack, part of your body becomes like part of the snack. And it's it's just great. I think it's a fantastic launch title that is very family friendly and is easy to pick up. The controls are easy to learn and the graphics look great. I mean, and again, taking advantage of some of those cool features that we see in the dual sense, including, you know, the haptic feedback adapters, triggers, things like that. So I really have been enjoying my time. I'm not that far into the game, so I will have more thoughts on Friday's show, but overall, like it's free with PlayStation plus, like what's not to love. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, Kayla, I heard that someone on your team might not like this game very much. Yeah, so we we got two coats actually for our team. So there is a review up right now on um, our website at uppercutcrit.com. 
um, our editor in chief Ty did review and, um, yeah, it's just, uh, the overwhelming thought of our team is how it's just like very dark, but it's not in like a way that you would expect it to be like, um, I don't know. I think the first trailer maybe hinted on that a little bit, but there's just something like really off putting about these characters, like coming to this (laughs) Island and just like eating the bugs and becoming the bugs. And it's just a very, uh, very dark, I would say. Um, but yeah, I would go read that review. It's really great from our editor, Ty. Um, but yeah, I don't think either of our people were really feeling the game, which it's cute. And I think everybody can agree that it's a cute game. It looks very, very like fun and family friendly, like Andrea said. Um, but yeah. Not, oh, not... Apparently you guys think it has some sinister. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely I, has sinister. sinister I can <laughs> see that. I've said that since day one. This game kind of freaking freaks me out. I mean, you have all these little fruit dudes walking around, these big old eyes, you eat them, they become you. It's like Pokemon, but if you ate the Pokemon, you know, could you imagine eating eating a little like Pikachu or eating a little, a little Diglett, you know, it's fucked up, but I still want to play. I do see some people in the chat asking, is this for PS4? Yes, this is also available on PlayStation 4 as well. So it's for both, Um, you know. I hadn't really stopped to contemplate that. I think the reason why perhaps is that, you know, we as human beings eat, you know, plants and animals and I guess don't think twice about it most of the time. Obviously, you know, vegans have a lot of things to say about that uh, differently. But I mean, what's interesting is that they like they have different relationships with different snacks depending on what type of snack it is, because some of the snacks are more aggressive than others. And they're not your friend. And so you might not feel as sympathetic towards some of the snacks that you come across <laughs> in bug snacks as you would others. Obviously, snacks like strawberry, right? The little strawberry are super cute. But there's other ones that you're like, all right, you're going to get what's coming to you. <laughs> you're going to be eating. I don't know. If my pizza had eyeballs on it, Andrea, I might think twice about eating it. I'd That's probably all still eat it. I'd probably still eat it. I don't know. If Abby's big googly eyes looking up, be like, oh, you're not going to eat me, are you? And I'm like, yes, bitch, I'm going to fucking dip you in some buffalo sauce and then chomp on your ass. I would feel real bad. But, you know, it's okay. Fictional. It's a fictional world. Right. Exactly. It's all fantasy. Um, But that's interesting. So I guess if you want an alternate take on bug snacks, you guys will have to head to uppercutcrit.com. But... (laughs) This has been fun talking about Valhalla and bug snacks, but we have to get to like the real news from the weekend. Brittany. Oh my Brittany. God, Andrea, your favorite, your favorite longstanding <laughs> mystery has come to an end. I know it was your favorite thread of news that we had been following for so long, but then N7 Day came along. And I was getting mad near the end. I, I was like, seriously. <laughs> like, either just announce it or stop freaking talking about it. Jeff Grubb, this is your fault. <laughs> With your teases and your blurry images of box art and whatever else. I'm like, just freaking let them announce it already. Oh, and that they did. So the Mass Effect Legendary Edition has been announced for 2021. And this comes from IGN. Announced on N7 Day, a day where BioWare and all its fans celebrate all things Mass Effect, this remastered version of Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, and Mass Effect 3 will be together in one collection for Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC with a spring 2021 release date. 
It will also have forward compatibility and targeted enhancements on Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. So this Mass Effect Legendary Edition will include single-player-based content and DLC for Mass Effect Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3, with all the promo weapons, armors, and packs, and will be remastered and optimized for 4K Ultra HD. VP Studio GM of BioWare, Casey Hudson, said that the team at BioWare's goal was, quote, not to remake or reimagine the original games, but to modernize the experience so that fans and new players can experience the original work in its best possible form. Uh, Brittany, that's <laughs> what I did just for N7. Oh my god, you fucking nerd. I love you so much. <laughs> I love that. So I had good. to. I had to. That's I had so to good. do it, you guys. Oh, that's so good. Okay. Uh, I saw that. I was talking with Kayla before we started recording um, that NZXT, a uh, popular computer case maker, did a specialty N7 case that, of course, sold out like instantly. And obviously, I have a very big, beautiful case that we built with our friends at AMD and Inwin. But that case looked so cool. I was like, ooh, I can do a custom. I can do a custom front on my computer, though. Oh, that does look really cool, though. It does. I am jealous of that. That's sexy. It's yeah, here. It, it's the Inwin 309. It's so here. Well, it's not here. Watch it. So what do you think about the I spring? I see someone in chat asking to watch this trailer again, so I'll, I'll, oh, okay, I'll yeah, run yeah. it again for you. Um, I told Kayla that we were going to have to give her a little bit of shit because she still has not ever played Mass Effect. Listen, oh. listen. Okay, plead your case. Plead your case. I don't know what was going on with games around that time. But I, I was. This was before my Bioware. Before I dipped my toes into Bioware, and I've been saying that I've been wanting to play. Oh. But I was just waiting on because I know there some of them or all of them are on Game Pass, right? Yes. The, the Don't, older um, ones. No. Not, well, they are now because mm-hmm. EA Play announced that they were doing a partnership with Xbox Game Pass, and so they are going to be available. Yes, and they were available through backwards compatibility right, right. on Xbox One. So I installed all of them except for the original Mass Effect um, on my Xbox One S, I believe, because I went back and replayed Andromeda when they pushed that massive update. Uh. I think it was like a year and a half ago. And they fixed a ton of bugs. They made a bunch of animation improvements and really did a lot of fine-tuning with the game. And so I wanted to revisit it because I, like many people out there, think that Andromeda was really underrated Mm -hmm. and got a bad rap because Mm -hmm. of all of the problems that had at launch. But then the team at Bioware did go back and fix a lot of things that were wrong with that game. And ultimately, I think the game is a really great game. Obviously, I have a lot of affection for the... Original trilogy, like a lot of people do, and Mass Effect 2, to this day, I will defend to my death as the best of them. (laughs) But Andromeda didn't get a fair shake, and so if you never ended up playing Andromeda, I highly recommend you check it out, particularly now that it's been updated. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I was looking at some of the release dates of Mass Effect, and I can't believe it's been this long. So the first Mass Effect released in 2008. Mass Effect 2 came out in 2010, and Mass Effect 3 came out in 2012. Does it... Is that just Wait. blow? Yeah. Like what? So anyway, Kayla, I don't know what you were doing around 2008 to 2012. Yeah, that's but what like, I'm looking at. born maybe? I was pl- hey, <laughs> hello. I, I am a millennial cusp, okay? I am a millennial Gen Z cusp. I'm a 90s baby. Come on. Um, oh. I was playing Grand Theft Auto, apparently. I'm looking. I'm looking at what 2008 was, was doing. That's what I was doing. I was playing Grand Theft Auto or World at War. That was what I was doing. Yeah, but that's um, fine. not it's not a bad thing to play. No. 2008 was like deep rock band and Guitar Hero for me. Oh yeah, real deep. 
that probably was exactly what was happening too. But now we're getting the remaster and you can't give me shit anymore because I will I will play through it because I know this is like totally my kind of game. Y'all know I love Destiny and I I know Dragon Age is not is not like that, but it's Bioware. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm going to dive in. Don't worry. I'll give okay. you my feedback. It's fine. Well, yeah. I think you're going to love it. The yeah. relationships in the Mass Effect franchise are phenomenal. And if anybody out there listening or watching has not taken the time to check out the Mass Effect franchise uh, and you like sci-fi, even just the littlest bit, I think that you won't be disappointed if you start from the beginning. And the beauty of playing Mass Effect from the beginning, and we don't normally tell people that they have to go all the way back to the beginning, but for Mass Effect is that you can bring your save with you between all three games, and then the choices that you make in each of those games is going to be ultimately reflected in the final game. Now, how those choices are implemented is up for debate, and a lot of people had very, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very hot yeah. thoughts about how they were implemented in Mass Effect 3, which you can maybe revisit once the remaster comes out. But um, so few games do that, mm-hmm. that allow you to really bring all of those choices with you. But they do also have like little mini kind of like comic strips at the beginning of each of the games now that allow you to kind of like choose some of those key narrative choices without having to go back and play. But I mean... Oh. The remaster coming out. You kind of just just do it. Just do it. I'm gonna just do, do it. it. Fun. I want to. I don't yeah. know what's happening in spring 2021, but hey, I can make some room for Mass Effect. <laughs> I feel like we still don't have a clear picture of what's coming in spring 2021. I think after the Game Awards, we probably will have a better idea because there's a lot of games that are anticipated for 2021, but we have no idea when they're coming out. Right. So we have like Horizon Forbidden West, God of War Ragnarok. Um, Resident Evil Village. There's going to be another Call of Duty. <laughs> Wait, which one? Resident Evil? Yeah. Village. Yeah, Village. Oh, yeah. Do you think that's going to be spring? No. Oh, I don't know. Who could say? I mean, I, something tells me it's going to be later than that. But, like, who knows? We don't know. I, didn't, didn't, okay, rewinding. Didn't we just see something about Horizon Forbidden West being Q2 of 2021? I thought I saw it. I don't remember. I do see Bunko in the chat saying Outsiders. So Outsiders has been confirmed for February 2021. So that's still technically winter. That's Q1. I think we're looking more at Q2 for next year. Yeah. So a few hours ago, Horizon Forbidden West was confirmed for second half of 2021. So that's out. That would make sense. Yeah. Like in the fall, like a Mm -hmm. holiday or maybe even like a September release. That would... That seems right. Oh. It's so hard to tell <laughs> in the last year uh, when games are actually going to come out. Like, it's just, it's hard to pinpoint with the world happening. Yeah. So. Especially with COVID and everything that's happening with COVID and all of the delays. We actually just got another delay that we were we had in our In Case You Missed It section um, for the medium, which we'll get to in just a second. Um, but speaking of COVID, and I'll come back to this other PS5 story in just a second. Um, there was a story, which was kind of a, a, a weird one that came out this morning that, Britt, you pulled from IGN. I did, yeah. So COVID-19 vaccine announcement seems to cause some game companies stock to drop via IGN. So as news as a milestone COVID-19 vaccine was announced today, many games companies saw their stock stock price drop sharply, seemingly as a direct result of the news. News of a, I don't know how to say that, Pfizer? Pfizer? Pfizer. Pfizer, thanks. <laughs> no problem. BioNTech vaccine with an apparent 90% effectiveness began to spread around 5 a.m. Pacific today. 
EcoPartner CEO Thomas Bru then noted that at the same time, the stock of CD Projekt Red and Ubisoft had dropped sharply over the earlier levels. The same effect seems to go to the likes of Take-Two, Unity, EA, and Activision Blizzard. So this is interesting because it's been kind of fascinating to watch what stocks are being impacted by this. Obviously, cruise ships and airlines are going up where you're seeing certain companies like DocuSign, Peloton, and Zoom are taking a dive. And obviously, the video game industry looks like it's taking a little bit of a hit as well. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's weird how, the way that stocks react to news like this, particularly since we don't know how quickly they're going to be able to make vaccines. I think it's really encouraging that there's something that has this much effectiveness. I think we're all really, really hoping that by the end of 21, by this time next year, that we've at least gotten almost back to normal, right? If not back to normal. <laughs> um, but I think like, the real problem is like how fast can vaccines be made worldwide by a single amount of companies and can they maintain the consistency and quality of those vaccines? You know, I mean, look at the flu vaccine, right? It's, you know, only effective against specific strains and then it's not effective all the time. So I, I, I am hopeful. We're always very optimistic here at What's Good Games, but I'm also not holding my breath. No. Yeah. This would be yes. wonderful. This would Hopefully be lovely. all of these companies will be fine. Video games have continued to do well year over year. There's long been like chatter in the background of is there another like bubble going to burst in the video game industry is there going to be like another um you know kind of downfall of what happened you know in the 90s with the video game companies but i don't think so i think that more and more people are playing games games are more accessible and they might not have a breakout year like they had this year i mean look at nintendo's Ooh. finance call from last week Ooh. right which you know we didn't really get to talk uh, touch on um but they're doing so good. I don't think that it's going to be bad. No. And I mean, if you want to look at the impact this vaccine will have, depending on the articles you read, it sounds like this might not even really affect the timeline. It's just a promising piece of news that we have coming down the pike. And I think we're all going to be huddled down playing video games for some time. So no popping, please. Popping's not good unless it's bubble wrap. Um, we did, <laughs> we did uh, skip over this other Mass Effect story. Yes, we did. So we should totally Sorry, talk about that. Sorry, I just like, I, I had like a connection, a COVID like throughput. And I was like, there's a COVID story. Let's talk about <laughs> it. But yes, the other Mass Effect story is also very exciting. Okay, so a new Mass Effect game is in development. Oh, cue confetti, cue the music. No, just me, all right. <laughs> so Bioware has announced a new Mass Effect title is in development. Casey Hudson, Bioware boss man, posted the following to the Bioware blog on N7 Day. Quote, Meanwhile, here at Bioware, a veteran team has been hard at work envisioning the next chapter of the Mass Effect universe. We are in early stages on the project and can't say any more just yet, but we're looking forward to sharing our vision for where we'll be going next. We didn't get anything other than that, other than a promo image with, which has the file name of Mud Skipper, which if you haven't seen, um, it has like a big ship. Yes, I will airship. pull that up for you. I'm getting and then, Star Wars vibes. Yeah! And then you see four silhouettes by this ship. There it is. And if you look at it, I see a Solarian, obviously, on the far right. Next to that looks like a Drell to me. And then next to that, it's not a Krogan. It's too, like, lanky for a Krogan. I think it might be an Angara, which is what Jal was, obviously. You know, like that one race that's native to Andromeda. Mm, Andromeda. Yeah, which would be cool to see those races together. And I think maybe bring all the races that we know and love back together. Because I don't think there were Drell in Andromeda, right? Because they were on the Quarian ship that never made it. 
So, anyway, some potential there for exciting shit. I am very much excited about the idea of new Mass Effect. I mean, Casey Hudson hinted at it a while back when they were working on Anthem and kind of had dropped, you know, like very cryptic hints that something was bubbling in the Mass Effect universe. I mean, obviously, it's one of their most beloved IPs. There's no reason that EA and Bioware would just abandon Mass Effect, you know, just because Andromeda, you know, was you know, a contested game or critically, you know, was split people. Some people liked it. Obviously, some people really hated it. Um, but it's just the the love of this franchise is too deep for them to walk away from it. And now that Casey's been back at Bioware for a little while and has overseen this team, I think it's exciting for a lot of fans that he emphasized that a veteran team is going to be working oh. on this, which I think is great. And with the power of next gen, I can just like imagine, imagine how much better Mass Effect could be like on PS5 and Series X. I'm just oh. like, oh, so exciting. Oh my God, I can't wait between that and the next Dragon Age game. Oh, but yeah, I think you I think you nailed it. Obviously, Bioware knows that they have to nail, they have to nail the next installments on these IP, which is why they're taking all of the time they need. And, you know, I know we sound like a broken record, but that's what we want. Like, take your sweet baby time. Sweet so- baby time. I have a question for y'all. For yes. somebody mm-hmm. who's never played Mass Effect, um, I do know that um, An- Andromeda, is that what it's called? Andromeda? Andromeda? Yeah, yeah. Can't, it's fine. Um, it was very different, right? It was not story as story orient- oriented as the original three, right? I wouldn't say that. No. Mm-mm, was no. it like linked in with the original three? Or? Yes, definitely. Okay. I mean, there, there was a lot of, I think there was. Fans of the franchise were hoping that there'd be more ties to characters and storylines from the original trilogy um, because they left a lot of narrative arcs kind of un, like not unspoken, but like they didn't acknowledge them and uh, left the community kind of going, but what? But what about all of these things that you could have easily found a way to acknowledge, but you didn't? And I think people assumed that that would come either in a sequel or in DLC, which obviously never happened. Right, right. And so there's a lot of loose ends. Uh, the Quarian ship, of course, the Quarian fleet being one of them. And I think there's a lot of things like that that the community is is looking forward to. But there's also, I think, uh, a debate amongst people. And Britt, I would love to hear your thoughts. Is if you want like an Andromeda sequel, like an Andromeda 2, or if you want like a Mass Effect 4. I think they... uh, I I can't see this game being titled anything Andromeda related. Just because I feel like with that just comes an automatic negative buzz around it. And Mass Effect 4... I feel like would be kind of weird, a weird title as well. I feel like if they're going to title this thing, it would have to be something like Mass Effect colon something, something, something. And I also really liked Andromeda and I liked it so much. My early review code when I reviewed the game was on PC. So I played that whole thing on PC. Now that's saying something because I don't like playing (laughs) on PC. So I played the whole thing on PC and I loved it. I really enjoyed the game, actually. So... I think maybe like a merging of the two would be good. I think there's in the fact that we're seeing, which I think is the Angara race. I think I'm saying that right. And that was only in Andromeda. And you're seeing the drill, which was not in that game, tells me that they're probably going to mix and match the two. Because I think that, I think Bioware created a lot of interesting new lore and races in Andromeda that should be incorporated with the sub that we know and love from the first three games. That's what I would like to see. Put them all together in a I big I think pot. That that's great. Yeah. yeah, I think that's awesome. I just want to see what's happening with this that that cliffhanger, and uh, the credits. 
Will we ever if find out? The, if you got the right ending. <laughs> Will we ever find out? I don't know, Andrea. I mean, I'm hopeful. I mean, why, why put that in there if you're not going to do something with it? Right? I'm with you. Right? I'm with you, baby. I'm here with you. Okay. Exciting times. Well, you know, fingers, fingers crossed, everybody, that we maybe potentially will be able to get something Something with the original characters that we know and love. Yes. Um, but if nothing else, we get to relive those stories all over again and uh, see if you can save everybody in your first playthrough. <laughs> That's your goal, Kayla. Yeah. Don't let any of your crewmates die. I will take that advice. Honestly, <laughs> I, I know how much y'all are ready for this game, but I would love for them to focus hard in on Dragon Age 4 oh. before heading off and working on anything else but that's just me um so we'll get there yeah you're not the only one brit and steimer are i feel no correct me if i'm wrong are bigger dragon age fans than mass effect fans i am 100 i don't know what steimer what team she would uh fall in there but what's exciting kayla about like yeah these next games is i feel like each team has very like very good developers, respectful developers on each side, respectable people working on it. So, you know, if you look who's working on the Dragon Age team and who's working on the Mass Effect team, I feel like they're people who, like, they had to bring in the big guns. They're like, okay, we know we got to nail this. Everyone come over to Daddy Bioware and let's create so some exciting. sexy magic together. Why does the white Bioware suddenly talks like this? I don't even know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Britt? It's one of your amazing, lovely voices. Um, let's go ahead and get to in case you missed it and then we will get into your guys' questions. Don't forget, if you have questions about what we've talked about today or questions for Kayla, whatsgoodgames.com slash drwgg. Of course, you are welcome to drop them in the chat as well. But in case you missed it, as I briefly touched on, uh, Bluebird team did announce that the medium has been delayed from December 10th, 2020 to January 28th, 2021, saying it wasn't an easy choice to make, but one made due to the COVID-19 situation in Poland, as well as the current schedule of other games on the market. Bluebird team remains committed to delivering our biggest, most ambitious, fear-inducing game to date. Now, this is the smartest thing I think they oh, could have done. Oh, 100%. <laughs> you don't want to come out the same day that Cyberpunk has been no. delayed to. <laughs> and I love that they acknowledge it. I mean, you know, cool. We all knew it anyway, but, you know, some PR folks probably would have tried to spin it. It's like, oh, it's just the COVID happening. It's like, oh, no, let's be real. Cyberpunk's coming out that day, and everyone hightailed it. It was like, shit. Oh, well. I mean, and that would have been a perfectly legitimate reason yeah. to just say, hey, we need more time because our team isn't ready. But like also, mm, December 10th, not yeah, exactly the no, day you want to no. be releasing a game give against that, Give Cyberpunk. that date a wide berth. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because sometimes I'll see smaller indie games with launch dates on next to a couple of really big AAAs. And I'm like, but why are you doing that to yourself? <laughs> Don't do that. Mm. I mean, some people might just like be diving into that AAA and then they're just like, I need a break. Let me let me pop into this little indie game. Give myself some time. That's fair. But that's fair. It's a lot. If honestly another one bites the dust, Cyberpunk just keeps kicking everything out. But yeah. Well, if they're actually going to come out on time, <laughs> right, I, I, right. I don't anticipate them having yet another delay. That would be probably pretty catastrophic from a messaging and PR standpoint for them. But um you never know. 2020, the year of surprises, everybody. <laughs> Up in the air, everything. 
Indeed. And then the last little bit of in case you missed it, and I guess we could also talk about those Nintendo numbers if you wanted to pull that, Britt, while yeah. I talk about this. Um, Team 17 and Ghost Town Games have announced Overcooked, all you can eat, the definitive edition of the award-winning Overcooked, has launched on Xbox Series X and Series S today available also on playstation 5 on the 12th of november when that platform launches overcooked all you can eat plates up over 200 levels of culinary chaos including built from the ground up remakes of every original level from overcooked and overcooked 2 and every downloadable content previously available for both titles alongside an exclusive new adventure the peckish rises (laughs) which adds seven new levels and three new chefs into the mix Every kitchen is going to run in 4K at 60 frames per second. Is if you needed your kitchen on fire in 60 frames per second. <laughs> <laughs> With levels from the original Overcooked playable online for the first time in the series and cross-play multiplayer also being added as part of a free post-launch update. With more than 80 chefs to choose from, players will be able to cook up a storm as everything from a robot to an axolotl. Axol- axolotl? What is, what is that? Uh. I don't know what that is. I, I no clue. Nope. To okay. Google. Well, if, if chat, if you know what that is, and you can tell us, let <laughs> me know. But eighty chefs to choose from is is quite a amazing oh, selection. It's a Mexican um, walking fish. A Mexican walking. It's known fish. as the Mexican walking fish. It's a neotenic salamander related to the tiger salamander. Oh, hmm. okay. All right, then. All right. There you go. The mo- oh, oh, they're the really cute little Pokemon-looking things, Andrea. Like, they have little, like, white bodies, and they have those little, like, red things coming off the top of them. You would know it if you saw it. They're like you salamanders, okay. right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cute. There you go. Okay. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take a look. But, I mean, <laughs> this is kind of a cool, fun surprise announcement. So, for launch week, just, like, another great family-friendly game to be able to play on your brand-new system. If you don't necessarily want to focus on the backwards-compatible games, there's a bunch of games coming out this week. I think that this launch lineup is such a interesting selection. Every launch, there's only really a couple of big new games that come out. I think we all go in anticipating there's going to be a ton. And in, in reality, there's a handful. But this is kind of fun for people who haven't been able to experience Overcooked before. And the cross-play that they're going to add is a, a really great feature. I, you know, this game has never done it for me because I don't like yelling <laughs> at my friends. Uh, <laughs> well, you gotta, you gotta play together, you know? Oh, it's but, so hard know, to play together. People, you, yeah, you can't play. It's all yelling and, oh my God, you didn't do a dish. And where, why is my food all on fire? Oh, Bertha, what's happening? Like, Who's Bertha? I don't dishes. know, but she was yeah. just a part of that conversation. Yeah, I don't know. That's cool. I mean, you know, great. Cool. I, I like to play <laughs> my relaxing games right now. You know, my chill games. I see somebody in the chat asking if this is going to be on Switch, and I do not see a release for Switch that has been announced. Uh, obviously, the previous Overcooked are, uh, Overcooks are available on Switch, but this particular all-you-can-eat version, I think it probably has to do with that 4K 60 frames per second because the Nintendo Switch is just not able to do that. Um, there are, of course, those rumors that the new Switch that's coming next year, the Switch Pro, as we're affectionately calling it, is going to be able to do 4K. So potentially, if that is in the cards, then this game would come at a later date to the Nintendo Switch. But um, I did want to just quickly, briefly touch on this Nintendo news. So, Brittany, thank you so much for for pulling it, because this happened after 
we were shooting the show last week and we were focusing on next gen. Um, so do you want to just kind of run down the highlights of this? Yeah. So the Nintendo Switch still keeps selling well. This comes from The Verge. So Nintendo shipped 6.86 million Switch consoles between July and September, increasing its numbers by more than 40% year on year and reaching 68.3 million units sold since its launch in 2017. I feel like just that, not that long ago, we were talking about the Switch hitting 40 million units sold. And now with everything going on, you know, you got the blinders on, 68.3 million units. Like, I guess that number that just really surprised me. I think that we all knew that Nintendo was kicking butt, but had no idea it was going to be like this. The number that I tweeted about that I was just shocked at was the sales of Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh, man. Oh, taking yeah. the number two slot of best-selling Nintendo Switch games of all time just behind Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And this is before we've even gotten to holiday for 2020. Over 26 million copies <sighs> sold. That is bonkers. It's, I mean, I love Animal Crossing, right. obviously. Yeah. But like, no, it's, whoa. it's crazy. I guess, I mean, I wasn't really in touch with the Animal Crossing world or the community. But if someone would say, "Did you? would you ever think Animal Crossing New Horizons would outsell Breath of the Wild, would outsell Super Mario Odyssey? I'd be like, probably not. But no I was way. very wrong. <laughs> Clearly, very wrong. This is freaking great. This, oh, is, yeah. this is good news. Are you an Animal Crossing like fan, Kayla? Oh, I don't yeah. know. Oh, you oh, are? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not I'm not as... It's funny because I was super into it before Andrea was, and then we, like, True. convinced True her to get up on in there, and she, she's, I think, the most invested out of all of us now. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah uh, it's so funny because we have um, our little girls group that we were chatting with on Discord, and I have said this on the show a couple of times that front of the show... Uh, uh, Maria <laughs> oh, yeah. gave me a million bell loan <laughs> to get into the game. She's like, listen, I'm going to loan you a bunch of bells to, to convince you to play with us because they were all playing all the time. They had this Animal Crossing chat and I wasn't in it because I wasn't playing and I felt excluded and left out. I was like, <laughs> you guys are in an Animal Crossing chat without me. And they're like, "But yeah, but you don't play Animal Crossing. And I was like, well, maybe I will. And Maria's like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to loan you a million bells and you're, you're going to play for a minimum of, was it 30 days or 60 days? I don't remember. I don't remember either. <laughs> I would have to ask her. She probably remembers. And she's like, you have to commit to playing and then you can pay me back once you get enough bells to pay me. I was like, a million bells seems like an impossible amount of bells to raise. And now here I am sitting with 10 million bells. In my <laughs> I've been trying to pay her back to be like, I need to repay this loan. It's a debt that's weighing on me. I paid Nook <laughs> off months ago. <laughs> I'm just like, I need it off my books, okay? Oh she like, my God. won't take my money back because they've all like stopped playing. Yeah. Meanwhile, here's me every week being like, hey guys, you want to do like a, a catalog swap? <laughs> Everyone's like, we, we moved, we've moved on. We've, we've moved, moved on. on. There's too much uh, happening right now. But isn't, Wasn't there a new November uh, trailer for Animal Crossing that just released, was it today or yesterday or something? Or um, you know what? That is a great question. It looks like it was released five hours ago, oh, Brittany. Oh, shit. Brand new Animal Crossing trailer for the November update. It's mushroom season, everybody. Oh Get high. Andrea, I've, no. been, I've been waiting. It's cottagecore season. I've, I've never heard anyone get so excited about mushroom season, but you do you, baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> the mushroom designs are so cute. Listen, I'm, I'm here for it, Andrea. I time traveled. I got some of them. 
Oh. I'm a time traveler. I haven't gotten a single furniture mushroom DIY. The only mushroom recipe I have is the wreath that goes on your door. And I'm like, no, no, no. I need the lamps. I need the stools. I need, this is the one, the mushroom wreath. That's the oh, only that's one cool. I've got so far. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I need more stuff. <laughs> I need all of the things. Fucking mushrooms. I have so many mushrooms in my front yard right now. Like, so many. I even have a fairy ring. Which is pretty I didn't cool. think fairy rings were real, but Britt has a legit fairy ring in her yard. I do. I, I'm so surprised. Steimer told me I need to like get naked and dance in the middle of it. Or maybe she didn't say I need to get naked. Maybe I made that part up. But she I'm told pretty me- sure she did say that. <laughs> oh, did she? Okay. Oh, yeah. And then I said I would send a video to her. That's right. Um, yeah. No, it's a legit fairy ring. It's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, you know, Andrea, I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you and your Animal Crossing life. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Gonna have to go harvest more mushrooms later. But I, we did have one more story that I wanted to mention that I almost forgot to read. Um, Sony is exploring ways to let PS5 users store PS5 games on a USB drive in a future update. So it came out after the PlayStation 5 reviews went live last week that, oops, there's no way to store your PS5 games on extended storage. It has to be on the console, which is kind of a head scratcher because they made the SSD limited in size. Now you can expand internally with an expansion slot. And of course there's external drives, but let me read the details here from the folks at Eurogamer. Um, PS5 and PlayStation are not actively looking to let PS5 users play their PS5 games from a USB drive. And this comment comes from the PS5 FAQ posted to the PlayStation blog. As Digital Foundry reported over the weekend, right now there is no way of copying PS5 games away from the main system storage, presenting problems when the SSD is full. PS5 has 667 gigabytes of the one terabyte drive of available storage, which is... Kind of not acceptable, which we'll get to in a, in a second. The only way to install new games is to delete old ones, meaning that to play them again, you're going to have to re-download them, deleting other installed PS5 games in the process. PlayStation 4 games installed to PS5, however, are not affected. These can be moved to an external USB storage device. Sony confirmed this in their FAQ published over the weekend. Can I store or play PS5 games from a USB? drive no players cannot transfer ps5 games to a usb drive ps5 games must be stored on the console's internal high-speed ssd for gameplay explorations for allowing players to store but not play ps5 games on a usb drive in a future update are underway you can however store and play ps4 games from a compatible usb drive connected to a ps5 Huh. This to me is like a major fuck up. What's oh, yeah. up with that? Yeah. I mean, with games like Call of Duty, Rainbow Six Siege, Destiny, all clocking Huge. in over 100 gigabytes a piece, and we haven't even seen Sony's first party major AAA games, like what's God of War and, and Horizon Forbidden West going to look like? Like, this to me is unacceptable. I wonder when this update's going to go live. I mean, if yeah. we're talking like in a month or so, okay, cool, that's fine. Like, I can accept. I mean, it's still a huge oversight, yes, but it's not a huge deal. But if it's six months away, like, that's bizarre. Yeah. I Why can do see it. Like, like, it doesn't need to be a problem right now. There's not right. a ton of games at launch. Like, it'll be fine, you know. But again, like Andrew was saying, if you're a big Call of Duty fan, those those are massive yeah. games and they're just going to, like, take up so much space. Um and how how easy would that be for an update, right? To just be like, okay, now you can do it. I feel like that's not something that's going to be an easy switch to flip. So uh, hopefully they figure that out before uh, before all the games next year come out. But 
Absolutely. Yeah. I think my biggest problem with this is that they didn't clearly communicate this to consumers before launch. It's literally two days before launch. Many people have already had their credit cards charged. The shipments are underway. People are excited. Like This to me is a key, crucial piece of information that you have to tell your consumers, particularly since there's probably millions of consumers out there that have made plans to buy external devices to store additional games, knowing that the internal drive is only a terabyte of which, you know, like what, 60% of which you can use, like, because they've partitioned so much of it for system, for system storage. And I'm just like, how, how is this a thing that you guys did not say until just this moment? <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to know what kind of SSD storage drive that they'll let you use. Obviously, Microsoft has their partnership, their current partnership with Seagate, which is that $220 um, proprietary external that you can get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm curious to know what Sony's going to do about that and how they're going to make that work. That's interesting. But Hmm. I, it sounds to me though, that even if you install an SSD, if it's not, if the games aren't on the Sony SSD that's inside the, like the permanent one that's inside the console, that you still can't play. But I don't know if that's clarified because this FAQ post is just about USB drives Mm. instead of, instead of like third-party installed SSD, because right now I believe that those third-party installed SSD drives are not compatible at launch anyway. That was the story that I read last week. So it's it's gonna be interesting to see if Ugh. you can install a third-party SSD, because we know you can, because they showed us how to do it in the breakdown video, the teardown right. that they did. But uh, I just am like, dude. Dude, somebody, I'm gonna, somebody messed up. I'm going to have yeah. my, remember when, sitting in your little cane chain, remember when you would just stick a cartridge in a system, wave, wave your cane around and get mad at people. And you just stick your little cartridge in there and then boom, there you go. Like, don't get me wrong. I love how far video games have come. I love how beautiful they look now. But man, I just kind of miss those simple days. Yeah. But yeah. I guess if there's one good thing about this, I'm learning all about SSD and USB, the differences, what one can do, what one can't do. Because otherwise, until now, I've just been very ignorant about all that shit because it, it didn't still really goes to me. right over my head. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm just like, <laughs> next gen, <laughs> yay, faster load times. Woo. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting. Dance Floor Demon in the chat is saying, no one would cancel a PS5 order over USB storage, but the two-thirds SSD availability is total BS when advertised as one terabyte. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that somebody would cancel their order because I think we're all like very excited about next gen. But I think what my point was, you, it's misleading to consumers who are spending, you know, $500 plus. Arguably, they're spending seven, eight, nine hundred dollars when you take in any accessories they're buying, external drives that they're buying, games that they're buying, right? Like they're spending a lot of money to get into next gen as an early adopter. This seems like a crucial piece of information that you conveniently didn't mention in your FAQ until launch week. Yeah, that's that's my point. It's not cool. It's not cool, bro. Yeah, bro. Be cool. Be transparent. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. Um, Let's get to some questions, shall we? We shall. And then I, just since it is launch week, and since by the time we do our next show, the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X will be out, I just want to know, like, I know, Andrew, you have a PS5 and you already have the Xbox Series X. So, like, you're set and you're golden. I still need to pick up my PS5. Kayla, what are your next-gen plans? 
I sadly don't have set plans yet. I didn't do any pre-orders or anything. I mm-hmm. I kind of put myself in like I was like there is nothing at launch that I need to mm. get next gen for. Now, I was talking to Andrea before the the stream and I was like, you know, I am playing Watch Dogs right now and these load times on the Xbox One X are just like killing me. Yeah. Um I'll probably end up just getting a PS5 probably like after holiday or something just because I'm a little bit more invested in in using that for, you know, the 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 games that come exclusively for PlayStation. Um, but I, I don't have any set plans yet. I don't I didn't get any pre-orders. Um, so I'm just basic on my regular old previous gen consoles right now. No, nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah, it's weird because generally with these next gen consoles, I love doing the midnight launches. Like, I fucking love it. In the years past, like, I would wait out in line. You know, when the Wii came out in 2006, I was in line for like seven hours waiting for that bad boy to come out. And there's just something fun and exciting. And I think the Switch was the last one, right? About going mm-hmm. to the store and being around everyone and that hype and that buzz. But obviously with the pandemic, <laughs> it's like, well, I don't really think that's a really smart, responsible thing to do. And I'm pretty sure all of my consoles are being delivered. I'm not, I don't think I got any in-store pickup ones for that very reason but uh, still it's it's still an exciting you know still an exciting week these weeks don't come around very often ladies once every like what seven years eight years yeah that's true yeah yeah, um i haven't gotten my confirmations yet um because i kept my pre-orders because uh my ps5 pre-order is going to steimer because she wasn't able to secure one on her own, but my Xbox Series S pre-order, I haven't gotten a confirmation on either, but mm. that's going to be the studio machine. And i that's one of the consoles I'm really looking forward to seeing in person because we were talking um, just last night, John and I, about the size difference between the Series X and the PS5 and how they both, just like the form factor of them, like online when you're looking at photos and videos look cool but in person you're like these are both very awkwardly shaped boxes oh yeah (laughs) a little sleek xbox series s it looks just so like cute and portable kind of like like, a speaker check that one out yeah i think that one's really exciting too because i feel like that's kind of one of the first steps toward this all digital console future that we see looming like far off in the horizon and to see how well it performs so that'll be a fun one to check out well you're gonna check it out yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> All right, so I am going to go to our whatsgoodgames.com slash DearWGG. Uh, the first thing I want to read is from Don, who says, Good morning, ladies. I know it's a late entry request. Um, no, it's never late. We always keep a look on this uh, doc, but... As a delivery driver myself, can I get a shout out for all the essential delivery personnel? Big brown, big purple, big blue will all have their hands full. We're cardboard warriors working our (laughs) hardest to get those new consoles, games, and snacks directly to your door as fast as possible. Please be patient. Thank you. Be safe. Be well. And P.S. Well, I'm not really a fan of solicitation. However... If you know anyone unemployed, let them know that delivery companies are in desperate need of personnel and could really use some help this upcoming holiday season. So, Don, we have no problem giving a shout out to the cardboard warriors who have been busting their butts since the beginning of the pandemic back in the spring. Uh, I talked to my local postal carrier. His name is Dan. I know he doesn't listen to the show, so he'll never hear this. Um, <laughs> but he's been the postal carrier in our, our neighborhood for over 25 years. And he said it's been like Black Friday shipping for like six months. Oh, boy. <laughs> he's like, it's been awful. And people don't understand that everyone's getting everything shipped. And like we are dealing with so many packages. So 
take a moment if you ever see a UPS driver, a FedEx driver, DHL, USPS, you name the postal service, whatever it is, and give them a thank you. Um, I know a lot of people during the holidays when shipping picks up will leave bottles of water and snacks outside their door. If you have the means to do that, something, just a little kind thank you, even like a thank you note on your door can sometimes make make their day. So definitely shout out to all of the d delivery drivers out there making the next gen possible for us gamers in addition to all of the other essential services. I was going to say like toilet paper yeah, and, right. and face masks like, and sanitizer. And I don't know what in the pandemic running. Like what would we do if we didn't have those awesome I love cardboard warriors? That's so great. You know, obviously consoles are great, but they're definitely like a luxury item. Right. But think about all the essential needs that we had, especially in the early days of the pandemic, when you would need those items or you would need food or you would need something and you could order it online and get it delivered. So you wouldn't have to risk getting yourself sick or those around you. And those folks would do that for you. Essentially, it's very much appreciated. Yes, thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And Dancewell Demon, of course I know my postmaster's name. My grandfather was a career postal carrier. My uncle was a career postal carrier. My stepbrother is also a postal carrier. Like, I have lots of respect for USPS. Um, so if you do own a home and you have the ability to learn and meet your postal carrier, I highly recommend you do so. Everyone I've met has been a lovely person. Can't speak for them all, of course, but the ones that I've come into contact with have all been great people. Mm -hmm. um, anywho, Kayla, I do want to talk about you and the writing that you do and some of the work that you do over at Uppercut. So what would you say your kind of niche of writing is? Do you have a beat or do you kind of do all different types of writing? So... I uh, like recently am diving into the writing um, just because I've always done like the podcast and the audio editing and things like that. But I really just wanted to like dive in. So I've mainly just done some like indie reviews, things like that. Um, again, as a as a site, we we focus less on like numbers and, um, you know, this is a an 80 out of 100. Like we don't we don't do that. We focus mainly on the criticism of the game and like what the game is is doing and talking about um and how that like you know portrays in real life as well i mean obviously gaming is a fun fantasy world that we like to drift off into but they they also do a lot of times have implications that need to be talked about um so me personally i have just dipped my toes in so i've mainly done indie Indie game reviews. Um, I am reviewing Watch Dogs for Uppercut, so that should be up in the next week, um, which has been interesting. It's it's a fun mm -hmm. game, but again, there are a lot of implications going on there that um, can relate to the real world that should definitely be talked about. Um, but yeah, I don't really have like a niche or anything because I am just starting. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Can you give us like a little bit of a preview of some of the things that you've seen in Watch Dogs? Because yeah. we have talked about that game uh, quite a few times here on the show. And, you know, it's interesting because they have a lot of things that they're doing really well and real world social issues that they're just tackling head on. But Ubisoft has been criticized in the past for not fully going there. Right. And I that's it's basically what I what I think about the game so far like it is the game fun it's 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 fun there's a lot of really cool um like puzzle mechanics with the hacking and things but I also feel like if you're gonna make a game about a, an uprising or a, a revolution when we have like the political climate that we're in today I think you should probably 
say a little bit more. I think it's easy to just be like, yes, we're hackers and we're overthrowing the government. It's super cool. But also it's like, but what exactly are you doing? What are you saying? Are you criticizing like the UK in particular? Because there's no actual, you know, they can't, they can't use people's real names and things like that. But I mean, um, just thinking about it's, it's fun and cool to, to be a hacker and to ha- have a revolution. But what does that actually say? Like, what are you actually asking of people and making a statement by? So I think um, that's something that I'm talking about a lot is just standing by what you have to say and not just uh, putting it in for like a fun, fun gameplay, you know? Um, mm. So that's the game's fun. It's, it's definitely, again, load times, fast traveling, um, kind of a, pain but uh fun game i just do wish that there was more being said i guess behind the behind the the overall theme did you watch the 90s classic hackers i did not maybe i should i, maybe, I highly maybe recommend yeah. highly recommend you check it out okay uh not that it you know has any kind of, you know, connection to watchdogs. But um, <laughs> speaking of hackers and hacker culture, I just, it's a, class, it's a classic movie that everybody should watch. Notice how oh. she doesn't even ask me if I've seen it because she knows. <laughs> oh, I, oh, yeah. No, see, I, I knew what Brittany's answer was going to be. <laughs> I didn't yeah. need to ask her. Um, but I think that that's interesting. Um, I think that there's obviously a lot of different sites out there uh, that exist that do criticism, but the type of criticism that Uppercut does specifically kind of has its own niche. Do you guys find that that niche like helps or hinders the kind of content that you make? Um, sometimes I feel, I don't know. Uh, we, we don't really tend to cover a lot of like AAA games. I feel like there is a lot of um, maybe like worry on the back end of like, oh, well, like what if what if we talk too harshly on this game and then we don't like get to review them anymore. But I don't think that's something that we ever care about. Like we're just really wanting to like speak to our audience and speak to like our opinion of the game and um, get it out there. And we haven't really had any, any pushback, which is cool because I think most people understand that they're like, you know, you're not going to get perfect scores all the time. And it's also like, I think room for feedback. Um, for example, I reviewed um, Best Friends Forever, which was a really cute dog dating game. But at the same time, I wrote about how it kind of acted more progressive than it was. Um, there was a lot of parts of that game that I was like, what is really going on here? Um, which again, that's on uppercut if you want to go read it. But um, yeah, I think that we kind of speak our mind to that audience, but I don't think it ever really hinders or, or there's any pushback. And if there is, then maybe it's for a reason we don't want to like review that content maybe, you know? So yeah. Do you guys have an example of a game that you as an outlet or you Kayla as a writer thought did a really great job that and that be you my critically praised? That was going to be your question. Yeah. Ooh. No. Yeah. Thank you for asking it. Yeah. I oh want to know. Goodness. Oh my goodness, y'all are putting me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> we sure, we sure are. are. I'm like thinking off the top of my head. Um, All of them are know. good. I know oh, we have a lot of really great reviews. I mean, um, I know Ty, our editor in chief, does most of the reviews, and they do a really 
really great job, like, of just, you know, speaking like it is, which is Mm -hmm. one of the things that I... I'm not speaking specifically about the review. I'm talking about, like, a game that you can think of that you're like, hey, we as an outlet liked this game. Mm -hmm. Like, something that maybe you guys had, like, a water cooler moment about as people as colleagues who work together are saying we all really thought this game did a great job of either tackling like a social issue or doing something unique with gameplay that you guys thought was was really well done is there a game that comes to mind that you guys got really excited about hmm Mm. and see that's another thing about our team is that uh a lot of times we disagree (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're pretty we're pretty split like down the middle like sometimes it'll be like like for example I think half of our team loved The Last of Us. Like The Last of Us 2 was like my my game of the year, but then half of our team were like no. It didn't work. We didn't like that. Um, that wasn't what happened with us too. Yeah. We were split. We were split mm-hmm. down the middle. We were. <laughs> yeah, we we do this often. I mean, I think when I think back to something that we probably all agree on, um we did our like game of the decade review which which was kind of terrifying. We all kind of attacked each other over which games should go which <laughs> which way. Um, but uh, Night in the Woods was our game of the Aww. decade. And, you know, we all really enjoyed that game and talk about, you know, the, the implications of that game and mental health and the way that that game told a story that really stood out to all of us. Um, so I think besides the underlying issues in the back end of that game and the development um that was our game of the decade because we all agreed that it was really like impactful and special so um i don't think we have like a written review on that maybe we do but that was definitely something that i think we could all all really get behind was night in the woods that's really cool and it's never too late to to go back and review old games, I would say. Yeah. Um, but we are running out of time. I see we've run over just by a couple of minutes. Um, Kayla, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, if people want to learn more about Uppercut and learn about you and follow you, uh, where can they do that? Yeah. So again, our website is uppercutcrit.com. We have way too many podcasts, um, way too <laughs> many, um, way too many like pieces go check them out because we do a lot of good work and we do freelancers every month as well. Um, we do something every year, which is our like end of the deck. I mean, end of the year um, letters where we, instead of doing like traditional game of the year, we write letters to the games that came out throughout the year and um, talk about how, how they made us feel um, as like a wrap up. So that's going to be coming up in the next couple months, the last two months, which is really cool. You can find me on Twitter uh, and Instagram at OA Kayla. Um, I, besides talking about video games, I share a lot of memes that are really silly. So if you like that, yes. you know, that's a good time. Who doesn't love a good <laughs> meme? I mean, right. really, exactly. we need all the memes right now. We'll take them. Exactly. So yeah, that's, Indeed. That's well, that is awesome. And of course, we will have the links to follow Kayla and to check out uppercutcrit.com in the show notes. So if you guys are driving or jogging or doing whatever, listening to the podcast, and you want to come back and grab those links, you will be able to. Thank you again, Kayla, for joining us on the show. Uh, Britt and I will be back later in the week with Steimer and Alana, and it's going to be an awesome show. We're talking next gen, and don't forget about the streams. Um, Until then, enjoy the rest of your week, everybody, and hopefully you'll have a happy next gen (laughs) launch. Bye, everybody.